I'm a zombie. I've been bitten. You're listening to the survival podcast for zombie nerds everywhere. Zombies Ate My Podcast. Hello and welcome to Zombies Ate My Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Murphy, and joining me, as always, the busy zombie lord, Lou Page. How's it going, Lou? Children need to go to bed when they're supposed to. Yep. That's how it's going. Critical. Critical to the success of any uh, parent that wants to do anything uh, on their own in the evening. That is critical. There is a uh, there is a busy zombie lord that is fighting being cranky at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We'll uh, we'll feed the cranky zombie lord with some news. Uh, uh, some of our news this week, I think we'll we'll get that cranky uh, zombie lord ready. Oh, oh, I'm I'm sure I'm sure it will. <laughs> well, you know, we uh, uh, for folks that are wondering, like, wow, we're supposed to have episodes every two weeks. We did uh, bump last week. We are recording this during the holidays. Hope everybody's having a safe and fun holidays, however you celebrate. Uh, I know Lou and I both had a Merry Christmas, even though, as Lou hinted at, kids go to bed on time, and uh, it's not always the easiest. So, yeah, I should. I will apologize now to listeners. It is my fault we didn't record last week. Um, I had a power outage in my state where we went almost two days without power, and my power came back on Wednesday, and I totally forgot that we record on Thursdays. So I'm thinking it's like Tuesday and it's actually Thursday. It is all good. And Ryan messages me and I don't respond because I didn't even see the message. And like the next day I get up and I look at my phone and Eric goes, wait, was uh, you supposed to record last night? And I went, no, it's Tuesday. And she goes, no, it was <laughs> Thursday. You lost a couple days. And I went, oh, shit. Yeah, it's all good. You know, uh, I got to admit, Christmas snuck up on me. I was like, sort of like, oh, you know, Christmas, it's coming. Little did I know it was, you know, two, three days away. And uh, it's always tough scheduling podcast stuff around the holidays. There's that there's those easy reschedules of like, of course, we're not recording on Christmas Day. We're not recording on you know, whatever. And you like to take some time off. So, you know, we took last week off before Christmas so we could get uh, get everybody ready. Um, we're through it. Uh, New Year's is not a big deal. You know, we're not in, we're not partiers. Uh, we're not as young as we used to be. <laughs> yeah, that's also true. A- like, at least in my you know, case. Well, no, I hey, I don't know who I was talking. To. I was talking to somebody at work and I happened to mention like oh, over the holidays, I might pick a day and stay up a little later and play some video games. And he's like, no, once you hit over 30, like that's really tough. And I'm like, yeah, no, I agree. Also, like my kids are up at 536 and they can, I think, sense when we don't go to bed on time because I think they wake up during the night and wake up early to kind of yep. like put us in our Absolutely. place. Absolutely. Like, come on. So um, I don't know if I'm going to be doing that. I, and I was going to say, like, do you do you even stay up till midnight? On New Year's Eve, like, is that a thing you do? I I try to, but I will admit there has been nights where I'm like, eh, it's ten o'clock. It's close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I was, uh, and I, I was reading. A, I'm reading a book, and one of the one of the things is they were talking about New Year's, and it's set in an old folks' home, and and I think one of the one of the uh, things they did for New Year's is they like live streamed an event in Turkey it's it's based the, the book is based in London so they were able to celebrate new year's 3 hours earlier and they were talking about how oh it's so great to get to bed on time you know it's, it's a seniors old folks home so you know even older than us and they're like uh they're watching new year's live from Turkey so that they can go to bed at a decent time that might be a good idea that might be something that we look into so <laughs> i don't know uh, but, um, we are here to talk about zombies. We've got some news. We've got our, uh, zombie year in review as we sort of recap all the fun stuff we talked about this year. 
but before we get to that, I have a little update for everybody. You know it's wild, buddy? Every person I meet wants to rip my head off and eat my brains. Every single person. Hundreds of them. We're going to talk about Arizona Sunshine 2 for a little bit. Played a little bit more, Lou, and I wanted to give everybody an update. Um, I think uh, last we spoke, I had just scratched the surface of it, a couple of couple of chapters on the quest too. Yeah, I think you said you'd only played like the first chapter or the first level. Yeah, yeah, I was not far. And uh, my first impressions were like, this doesn't look like the trailers, which is fine because I understand the quest two being, you know, a standalone headset. It, it has less processing power than the quest three or uh, your PC. So um, one of the things I wanted to look at while I was uh, sort of off the last three weeks was to um, load the game up on the PC and play via Oculus link. And this is something I've talked about on the gamers in a lot over the last year or so in that the solutions and options for playing your VR games has gotten a lot better, uh, including the work that Meta has done with their with their headsets to allow for um, wireless play from your PC, uh, which is what Oculus Link does. There's there's two versions of Oculus Link. There's the the cable, so plugging a USB C uh, cable into your into your computer. Uh, but the other one is wirelessly streaming from your PC. And you might think like, oh man, there's no way that works. And it is very much dependent on your network setup. Uh, I I highly doubt this will work on every router, but in terms of my setup, it works really well. Uh, it's hardly noticeable once you're in the game. There is some glitches as things load because the you know headset, the PC, it's all loading and, and there might be some some issues there but i find if you just sit still you don't notice like the screen tearing that's happening as as the the game is loading that can be a little jarring but once you're in the game and you're playing it's flawless so i started from scratch on the pc because it does not have cross save uh it does have cross buy so because i unlocked access uh via the meta store um i also got access on the oculus store so on the pc so I was able to install it there and link it to my Quest 2, sit in my comfy chair. Uh, I was playing seated because I found that, um, you know, my stomach still isn't up for VR games standing for a good chunk of the time. And I wanted to get uh, a lot further in the game so I could talk about it here. And uh, I got to say, like, it's a it's a really fun zombie shooting adventure game and it and it goes uh it goes places in the sense that like it's not just i was worried it was just going to be like all right here's your excuse to get from point a to point b shoot a bunch of zombies and rinse repeat uh there's obviously a lot of zombie shooting uh but there is um you know some other other stuff in there with the dog and uh the different characters that you run into uh, but the interactivity with like the weapons and the gadgets and stuff, I think, has really sold me on like this experience being much more than just a standard run and gun type experience that you might get in VR. Um, and I think we talked about last episode about some of the interoperability with like interacting with objects and stuff. I found it it was a lot more immersive playing on the PC because, of course, the graphics were a lot better. Yeah, you probably could. You probably understood more what was going on, and things that were a little blurry or muddy definitely probably looked a lot better. Yeah, it did look a lot better. It's and and again, like I understand that it's not the fault of the game. It's the it's the it's the hardware, and I do appreciate that. Look, we wouldn't be talking about the game if if it wasn't compatible with the MetaQuest Two. Like natively, I probably wouldn't have you know asked to check the game out. Uh, but because it is available on older hardware, I mean, I get it as a developer, you want to like make it available on the latest and greatest, but it's, it's always good to see them do the work to, you know, have it on a headset that, you know, frankly has sold a lot of copies. Like there's a lot more quest twos out there than there are quest three. So I understand that aspect of, of it as well, but supporting multiple, you know, versions of hardware is, is, uh, is a really good thing to see. Cause I get VR is like this it's still a niche product and the more platforms you support, the better. Um, the fact that this is available on steam VR, PlayStation VR two, like it's, it's available on every platform or every VR platform that makes sense. Um, 
so that is really good to see. But uh, uh, I've been really, um, I've been really enjoying like the ability to just sit down and play. I know that's like not everybody's cup of tea when it comes to VR. They want to experience that true immersion of 360 combat. And you know, and I can sit here and say like sitting down is a, is the best way to play. Like I understand I'm missing a layer of that immersion and, and, and also the ability to fully interact with the world, but, uh, it works quite well. I found it worked, uh, it worked really well and I'm, I'm enjoying the game, uh, a lot. And the story is really interesting. Like it's starting to go places. Like it's still very much a, like, we gotta, we gotta get to this point and, uh, you know, find the army, help them find, uh, patient zero to create a vaccine and all that. It's still very much the story, but um, it uh, it has some twists and turns. And you know, it's not it's not your standard you know zombie sort of story that you would just you know paint by numbers. I think they try to do their own thing. Is it as funny as the trailers make it out to be in the audio clips you've played? Is that play along or does it get serious? Uh it does not get serious. I will say that much. And I think the humor is uh they do a really good job with the humor because they are limited to the to the scope of there being one person there being your main character and i i personally find that the humor is 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 quite funny i enjoy the sort of self-aware slapstick humor of like this sole survivor who has lived amongst himself for however long years uh, only his thoughts to keep him company and suddenly he has this dog and he's he's always interacting with the dog and most of the humor is him playing off either the dog or him being just have been alone for so long. And I think like a lot of people might find that like, you know, it might get annoying over time, but personally I've, I've actually quite enjoyed it. I think it's, I think they do, they do a lot with the corner they've kind of painted themselves into, right? Like this isn't like you're walking dead or, um, uh, the last of us where you have this ensemble ca- cast of characters. You really just have, your main character and the dog and the dog doesn't talk. <laughs> the dog doesn't really do much of anything comedic, you know, uh, bark, run, run around, occasionally chase things like, yeah, it's really just your main character. So I, I personally thought the humor, uh, was really interesting and, and funny. And, and I actually had like laugh out loud moments, which is really tough to do in video games. Uh, especially in VR when you're, when you're battling, I was going uh, to say, with VR, it's not as easy. No, it's not. It's not. Because it is like a first-person immersive experience. Plus, you're like, the game has to be designed to like what you're looking at. And uh, sometimes you might miss the sort of context if you're facing the wrong direction. So I think the game does a really good job at like making that work for itself. But I think like the combat's been is really interesting. Like again, I really love the interactivity with the gadgets. Like having to like if you craft a grenade, you have to pull the pin and then throw the grenade. And that is really uh that is really satisfying. I think like all the reload animations and stuff that they implement um is is uh is one of those VR staples of like we're not gonna make you hit a button to reload, we're gonna make you like eject the clip, pull the clip off your belt, pop it in the gun and, you know, uh, arm it, I guess. (laughs) I don't know the words, you know what I mean? But, uh, but yeah, like I think they do a really good job with all of that VR sort of stuff we, we want to do to make it more interactive. Um, but I think the gadgets really sell it. I I have yet to actually get a Molotov cocktail working because I never have the lighter. I need to remember to have the lighter with me. <laughs> so I haven't done that yet. But the grenades are super fun. There's landmines. Uh, you have to arm the landmine and set it and then, and then remember not to step on it. Um, that's always a good one. But uh, the combat's really cool. You have dual weapons and you have the weapon that you can store on your on your back, like usually like a long shotgun or a rifle or a machine gun. And it really gives you a lot of these options. And if you don't want to reload, you can just like grab the gun off your back and, and just kind of keep keep moving and i i think the game's really well tuned like it doesn't throw it doesn't throw too much at you that you feel like that you're being punished but it throws enough at you that you feel like okay i have to be moving around i can't just be shooting and standing still like you have to be consistently moving around and and managing your environment because you can get overwhelmed quick but i never felt like it was unfair like they had sent too much at me you know um 
outside of the horde mode, I played a little bit of it. But yeah, like you don't you don't feel like you're overwhelmed. So I think they do a really good job of balancing that. And when you do feel overwhelmed, it's it's in the horde mode. If you, you know, let let the zombies kind of overwhelm you that that's by design. Like that's just part of the mode. Um, But yeah, I think if you're a zombie fan and you enjoyed Arizona Sunshine 2 and you have access to some VR headsets like this is a no brainer. And um, I think if you have. If you have uh, like a like a MetaQuest three or two, and you have a, a solid PC that can run the game, doesn't hurt to buy uh, to buy it on the on the Quest Store, so that you have like that cross buy ability. Because I I really appreciate that when games do that to give me that option. Because sometimes it is nice to turn the PC on. I would prefer if there was cross save progression, like if I could have the same save on on both devices. And some games do have that. They do have cloud saves, but I, I, from what I can tell, it's not supported yet here. I haven't seen it working, but I do appreciate that. Appreciate that option when they give you the the ability to um, have both versions. I think that's a really good, uh, solid way of doing it. So, Arizona Sunshine Two. Uh, it's not very often we talk about VR, uh, but I wanted to uh, wanted to highlight this one. I think it's really cool. And like I said, the 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 gameplay is solid. The story's you know serviceable to like the adventure you're on. Like it's not going to win any awards like The Last of Us, but I think it it services the gameplay and the humor as well. Like I think the humor is really. I is I won't really lie. I, I'm actually a little jealous that you get to play this and I don't because I've had the, even the first one. It's been one of those games that constantly gets advertised to me on Steam regularly, but I'm like I don't play VR, so this isn't going to work for me. But it's one of those things I keep seeing it. I'm like, this looks kind of cool. I would like to play it. And then I saw the sequel was coming out. I was like, well, at least I can hear about how good it is from Ryan. (laughs) Yeah, like I think the sequel, I don't know much about the first one. The first one felt like it was very much just about shooting zombies and progressing through levels. But this one seems to be a lot more um, cinematic, a lot more story driven, narrative driven with and really focused on the main character. Like, again, the story is you you the helicopter crashes you hear from the army that they're trying to find patient zero so you figure hey if i go to where patient zero is i can get the army can rescue me and then there just happens there happens to be a dog there and and that that again forms like an interesting gameplay um formula where you have that uh that you have your your dog buddy to help you out and and the dog is really helpful in the sense that buddy will help you with crowd control so you can direct buddy to attack a zombie while you go and attack another zombie or deal with, you know, another group of, of zombies in a different area. So it really helps in that regard. Like, and I, but it's all there to service the gameplay. And I think that the narrative kind of is just the driving force for you. Yeah, it, it, that, it, A game like this doesn't need a ton of plot. It just no. needs a reason to go from A to B. And that's what this is. It's, it's really just like a, Hey, we want to move you from where you're at now to the next area go have fun, explore, pick up collectibles, craft your weapons, shoot some zombies. And it does a really great job at that. And it's, it's funny. Um, it's a silly, it's got a lot of silliness to it. doesn't take itself seriously. Uh, you can pull the pin on a grenade and shove it in a zombie's mouth <laughs> and, and it does what you think it's going to do. You know, that's all I need to know. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Check it out if you have access to those platforms. Like I said, it's on Steam, PlayStation VR 2, uh, MetaQuest, all that fun stuff. Check it out. All right. Lou, dust off uh, Cranky Zombie Lord because we're heading into the news. The virus has completely devastated over 150 of the world's major regions and then is spreading rapidly. All right. Between our last episode and this, uh, on our last op- episode specifically, I was. Uh, we tried so hard to be nice. We <laughs> tried so hard to be nice. We did. I, I, even in the Discord, people were saying, like, it was just so nice to hear how positive you were being, Ryan. And um, I don't like being wrong, especially when I'm being positive. But uh, we're going to kick off the news with the big news here in that the day before developer uh, Fantastic has suddenly announced they're shutting down. Uh, the day before is, as far as I know, being refunded to everybody who purchased it. The servers are shutting down next month. Lou, what do you make of all this? Well, 
you and I read reviews and a few things before we recorded the last episode, but they were all Steam negative reviews, and those can kind of go either way. And we're like, we'll say there's negative reviews, but we'll give it the benefit of the doubt until, you know, it's been out a couple of weeks. When we talked about it, it had been out like less than 48 hours. And uh, we recorded and posted that episode, and uh, the company shut down like 48 hours after we posted. Yeah. It's such and a wild thing. I, I I can say I wasn't surprised at all. Um, the company that designed that game has not had a great track record. Um, they had done two other games, and then they did um, what's that other one? Prop Night. And I remember when Prop Night came out, it was like, oh my god, it's magic in a bottle! It's magic in a bottle! This thing's amazing. And I remember seeing it get dropped to like five bucks on Steam. And I went to go buy it. And all the reviews said, you should have bought it six months ago when it's good. They tried to fix it. And basically what they've done is they've broken the game more and ruined it. And I was like, oh, I don't think I'm going to spend the five bucks. I'll wait and see if it get if if it gets better. And then literally the reviews turned into, yep, we've all complained. They've just abandoned it. It's abandonware. And I was like, oh, okay. And then it went on sale for like 99 cents. You could get it for like less than two bucks at one point. And I was like, oh, and it was like, oh, yeah, they're focusing on their new game. And then we got the news about the new game and the in the lawsuit and all this other stuff. And I was like, I don't know if this thing's ever going to see the light of day. So when we talked about it the last time, I was like, wow, it's actually a real product. And now it's not. My understanding, too, is that the only reason people on Steam are being um, refunded is because Steam is forcing them to refund. They were not going to planning on refunding anybody their money. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, the publisher kind of stepped in as well and said, we're going to take care of everybody. And um, it's it's interesting because the game obviously has had a lot of issues and a lot of focus on uh, its development was based around some of the trailers and stuff. But the lawsuit was like about like a trademark dispute. Uh, well, I, I, it was well, called the day before, and that was the issue because it was a calendar app or something in Korea. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. It, they changed the name. It wasn't called the day before. That's what it got changed to. It was called something else, and it was a reference to an actual book or a movie with the same name, but they weren't tied to it. And then there was also, I believe an app that was a calendar app that had a similar name or something. There was like three things that the name lined up with that they did not, they were disputing it with somebody. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a really interesting, it's a really interesting and unfortunate series of events. And I think that, uh, a, a, a lot of people think that the, that when the lawsuit happened, they knew that this was never going to see the light of day. And that this was becoming a money grab. They were hoping that with the, they were hoping that they could kind of throw this product out and make back at least break even and then abandon it like they had done with Prop Night. That's what a lot of people think that the plan was. I think that would have worked if it wasn't a $40 price point. Maybe. If they had thrown this out as an early access with for 10 bucks or 15 bucks. I don't think they would have gotten nearly the heat that they got as they did. Uh, I think a $40 price point, people expect a finished product. Yep. Or what you're selling. They were telling people it was an open world MMO and it was not that at all. It was a, like, like a, it was like an on rail shooter. Yeah. It was a, an extraction game. I think they were yeah, saying. Yeah. Yeah. It, it was not anything like they had promised. And if you're not going to pro- do what you promised, you got to at least be a, bu- a budget price point. Yeah, they say uh, so they basically say like they wanted to have patches available to reveal the full potential of the game. But unfortunately, we haven't got the funding to continue work and like they've completely shut down. Um, it's look, it's kind of funny because like we wouldn't we wouldn't talk about it on the show if it weren't zombie related. And, and like the discussion doesn't even have anything to do with the fact that this has got zombie content, like it didn't fail because zombies are in the game. It, it failed because it's a, it's just, it was a bad setup right from the get go. It, like it was a bad product. It was a yeah. bad, uh, they, they over, they over, they oversold and under delivered. hundred percent. 
Exactly. It happens. And it, yeah. Oh yeah. Happens all the time. I, I, think. I mean, I mean, we're talking about it because it's zombie related, but you see this, you see this a dozen times a year. Yeah. Well, just not to this big. No, you're right. Like it's usually not this bit, this public. And again, that likely doesn't have to do with the fact that it's zombie related. It's just that the way they went about it. Um, and you know, people are fans of zombie games, like zombie games do well. And there's this big, there's always been this big push of like doing a big open world MMO type zombie game. And I know Daisy has done some stuff. There's a couple of other games that have tried to do it, but they've never been what exactly what they promised. Or, I mean, in all honesty, between you and I, I think the MMO market is kind of where it's going to stay. I don't see a indie publisher putting out an MMO that is going to sell anybody. I also don't see people willing to cough up the money for monthly fees for another game when they're already playing something like WoW or Final Fantasy 14. You know what I mean? Those games kind of are... Those games already kind of have their fan base and trying to take away from their fan base is not easy. You have to you have to really, really, really do something special. And I don't think zombie content is really what's going to sell anybody on there. No, you're right. I I think that, uh, you know, even State of Decay 2 tried to, like, increase the scope of what they were offering and if we ever see State of Decay 3, which was announced years ago, and we haven't seen anything on it since. Why did I think that was already out and we just didn't talk about it? Um, That would be uncharacteristic of us, but I think what Xbox did is they did a bunch of announcements at the start of the Series X and S launch. And then a lot of those games were clearly just out. hype trailers, like CG trailers, and they're, and they're still being worked on. Like, I... I State of Decay 3 is done by an internal studio. Microsoft owns them as far as it, yeah. Undead Labs. And we would know if it was if it was canceled. Um, so I don't know where it's at. I, I would think Microsoft has kind of shifted like everybody else, like the other big, the, the big three have shifted to the, we're going to talk about it when it's coming out in six months. So, or the next year, essentially. I'm okay with that. I think that that's a better, I think that's a better thing. When the game is a year away, I get it. You announce it. When you're at six months, you give me a trailer. In and like three months, you give me another trailer and maybe a demo. And that's what I want. I don't like this. Oh, we're gonna tell you about this game, but don't worry, it's like four years away. Then I don't care. Yeah. It is nice to know something's being worked on, but only if it's coming in the next like I can take I can do two years. But you're right, like knowing that there was going to be a fable for how long and then we finally get an update that it's coming out next year at some point. Like that's that's a long wait. And uh, it's like it's like, uh, well, it's like this next piece of news, Lou. <laughs> a lot of our news is bad news. Um, the Last of Us Online has been canceled by Naughty Dog. It is no longer Are happening. we surprised? Um... It's it's part of a bigger sort of I don't want to say issue, but it's a part of a bigger environment at Sony in how they pivoted a lot of their internal studios to be like, we want to do live service games. And a lot of those live service games didn't even come out and they're being either quietly canceled like they were never announced and they're being canceled or in the case of. The Last of Us Online, which was like, oh, it was a mode everybody liked. We wanted it was called Factions. We wanted it in Last of Us Part Two, and the developers said like, we wanted to focus on the single player, and the multiplayer will be coming later. Um, that was spun out into its own game, and I gotta hand it to Naughty Dog and and PlayStation as an extension for this sort of update here. And they basically said like, look, we were working on The Last of Us Online, and in order to make the live service game that people expect, we would have had to shift our entire development studio over to The Last of Us Online. And they basically asked themselves the question, do we, as Naughty Dog, want to just be a live service studio or do we want to keep making the single player games that we're known for? And they canceled The Last of Us Online. I, I mean, in all honesty, I don't know anybody that was looking forward to this. Like, I, I mean, I think there would have been people that played it but I don't think that people were being like, I can't wait for this online multiplayer. If they, if they worked on a, on a last of us three, 
there would be hype and talk about it everywhere. Yeah. But but you're talking about an online multiplayer game. There's a million of those now. Why do you want to get into that competition and leave what you're known for behind? So exactly. I think it was the right call personally. Yeah. I don't yeah. I don't view I don't view this as bad news. I view this as oh thank God. And I think that the this doesn't mean that The Last of Us multiplayer is gone forever. Like I could see The Last of Us Part 3 having a smaller or or literally just like uh the same scope as Part 1's factions. It was a really interesting I mean, mode. I enjoyed it. I I mean, I, am I going to play it? Probably not. I don't play I don't play much, much. I'm a very single player oriented guy, so it's not for me. But if if it's something people enjoyed, that's great. I just feel like they shoehorn this stuff into games that don't necessarily need it. So, I mean, no, that's fair. But that's just my personal preference. I view this as good news. I view this as Naughty Dog is going to give us something new. And when they do, it's going to be cool because they're not focusing on something that's not going to make the money. Yeah. Yeah. And they do say at the end of this uh, news posting, we have more than one ambitious brand new single player game that we're working on here at Naughty Dog. They are a two-team developer. Um, their last game, of course, was The Last of Us Part Two, and the game before that was Uncharted Four. I, I don't know for certain, but I believe those are two separate teams, or they went from one to the next. And I the, think they I might know. be two separate teams, and then there's a second team. There's a third team that does the lower budget stuff, like uh, the uh, what's it called? The the uh, the there was a was originally supposed to be a DLC for uh, uh, Thieves End, but they ended up making it its oh, own yeah. lower budget game. And I think that that was worked on by a uh, by the team that was doing this online mode, I think, actually. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed that uh, that sort of side game that they made. It was um, I know the one you're talking about and it was really good. And they now they now package it and together now yes if you buy it on the playstation 5 or pc um i i think yeah there's a lot of interesting stuff coming out of naughty dog and of course i would imagine part three is on their radar that's got to be something they're working on um I, I like it just seems like they are a studio that it it seems like they're done with uncharted it does not seem like they're quite finished with the last of us like i think they've got more there that they could work with um uncharted feels like we've they've done they said their piece with that character and if sony wants to revive it elsewhere then they're just gonna have to do it on their own but um but yeah the last of us online has been canceled uh maybe factions makes the return but uh we'll see in the near future now before we move into our topic i did want to just plug this real quick uh speaking of the last of us part one um at the gamers in my other video game focused podcast i do a game club uh, in our discord. So in later, in, uh, later in January, we're going to be doing the last of us part one as a game club. And you can join the gamers in discord at bit.ly slash TGI discord, where we'll be starting uh, a weekly game club discussion for the last of us part one. Essentially how it works is we have a game club leader who is, uh, sort of playing ahead, describing milestones, and then everyone plays to that portion and then on Sunday, we open up a, a post in our game uh, club the forum, and we we talk about that chunk of the game. And, you know, it's usually like narrative-driven games that we focus on, so The Last of Us Part 1 was brought up. There's a, there's a lot of, like, reasons for that. Uh, one, you have multiple options for jumping in. You can play it on PS3, PS4, or PS5, depending on what version you want to play. Uh, it's all the same story. I even joked that you could, you could, you uh, could watch the show, <laughs> you know, yep. it's a very similar story. Uh, yep. You'd have to like know what's not in the game, I guess. Uh, or at least we would have to tell people like, yeah, it's not in the game, but you know, but the story is very, very close. And I might, as a joke, uh, write in to the milestones of like, okay, so you're going to want to watch like the 20 minute mark of episode two. So, yep. Uh, we're we're really looking forward to it, and if anyone from our community of Zamp wants to join in, bit.ly slash TGI Discord, uh, I will be playing through... I'm curious to check out the PS5 remake. Um, that's kind of where I'm leaning. 
So yes, I am one of those folks who will have purchased The Last of Us three times. So you got me, Sony. You win. You are why they keep doing it. It's your fault. I guess. Yeah, you're right. I was about to like argue with you, but then I was like, no, lose right. (laughs) It's definitely my fault. Yep. Um, if it helps, I did wait for a sale. I'm not. I'm. I'm buying it on sale. Uh, for that. Uh, that does Boxing help. Day. I don't buy. I, I've said this before on the show. I try not to buy anything full price if I can help it anymore. Yeah, I feel you. All right. Well, if you're interested, join in. Uh, you can likely find The Last of Us uh, Part One on sale uh, during these holiday sales and whatnot. So, uh, and oh, you can also play it on PC as well. I don't know how that version runs. I was contemplating getting it on PC, but then I was like, ah. I have the PS5. I know it's going to run fine there. I'll pay the extra money because uh, I, I, I guess I can get it through the Epic Game Store for a little bit less. But uh, to ensure a proper experience, because I know that one kind of came out with some like less than stellar optimization. And I know it's I know it's been a year, but yeah. Anyways, um, check it out. Uh, the Last of Us. Uh, let's move into our uh, main topic for the week. Zombie Topic of the Week. I just realized we usually have like a movie or TV show to discuss, so I always have like a clip or some intro music, but uh, first time in a while we have our Topic of the Week bumper back, and um, we're going to talk about uh, the 2023 Zombie Year in Review. Now, this won't cover everything that came out in 2023, but we'll cover what we enjoyed and didn't enjoy for Zamp in 2023. All right, Lou, let's start with movies because uh, this is a smaller category for us, uh, but two really solid entries here. Evil Dead Rise, let's start there. That one came out in theaters in April of last year, or sorry, of this year. We're still in 2023. <laughs> um, the one thing that kind of jumps out at me for Evil Dead Rise, great film. Really enjoyed it. We we talked about it in the summer. Uh, best title card reveal, I think, I've seen in a long time. Yeah, the whole, like, you don't know why they're outside, and, and then all of a sudden they're outside. Like, everything everything about that, you the whole movie, you're like, how did these other kids end up outside? It was the opening for, like, five, ten minutes. How are we going to get there? And then at the end of the movie, they show you how you get there, and you go, oh, okay. Yeah. No, it's a good movie, and honestly, like it's it's still disconnected from the previous films, and that you know you don't have like the same characters showing up. It's really just the Necronomicon, and they they don't explain a lot about like they do say like oh, there's multiple books or whatever, but and that's fine. It it, it that's fine. It doesn't need the the, the you don't need it's all uh, that's one thing I, I that always drives me crazy. Can't put too much thought into your horror movie. Just go along for the ride. And I, I kind of did that with Evil Dead Rise. I saw holes a million miles away every time I turned around. But I was like, you know what? I'm just along for this ride. Uh, I'm sure on uh, on a rewatch, I will analyze it more and pick it apart. But for right now, I'm just going to go along for the ride and enjoy it for what it is. Yeah. And I mean, it captures that craziness and manic humor from the, uh, the first th- three films. Yeah, I should say. I mean, I don't think anything is going to be as slapstick or as funny as the is two and three. Um, I don't think any any director, writer, or anyone wants to try and tackle what they did with that with with Ash in those movies. It's a very very hard thing to do. It is much easier to make them a straight horror movie with maybe a few gags in it. And I think that's what they did. And I think that that's I think that's the right way to tackle this. I don't think anybody's ever going to be able to duplicate what Sam Raimi did with two and three. No, I agree. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I think also the fact that this was supposed to be like a direct HBO Max film that was then bumped up to theater release. Like if we hadn't known that ahead of time, I don't think you would have been able to spot that. No, this is this is very it, it, like everything about this was super high quality. If I hadn't read that, I never would have assumed it. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't show in the final product. So I think they did a, a really good job there at 
you know, it's one of those rare, like, executive, you know, decisions of, like, let's make this a theater movie. Like, it, it's one of those rare times where it's like, wow, they made a, they actually saw good here and they made a good choice. Like, yeah, you know, so I, I appreciate that. And it's nice that Evil Dead has kind of, like, I don't want to say come back. It never really left, but it struggled to sort of regain I forget where I forget where I read it, but I think I think Bruce Campbell said something about like this isn't the last we've seen of Evil Dead. There's like two or three other things in the Evil Dead universe in production right now. Yeah. And I'm excited for that. That's cool. I, I, I Evil Dead forever as far as I'm concerned. I mean, even if it's a train wreck and awful, I I'm still glad they made it. Yeah, and didn't they say there's supposed to be like an Evil Dead animated series or something? Yeah, um, they, there's a lot of people that want them to continue the plot from where uh, Ash versus Evil Dead ends or is going. And um, the premise is that he doesn't want to be Ash anymore because he can't do the physical stuff anymore. He's way too old at this point. And someone brought up the idea of what if we made it into an animated series? And he said that he would do the voice if they do something animated. But that's the only way he will ever do Ash again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I get it. He was, he was, uh, he did great for some what of, he did. Some of those physical stunts in in Ash versus Evil Dead, I went, "Oh man, you're so old. I'm so sorry you had to put yourself through this." That would hurt me, you know. And I yeah, know it hurt me watching it, and I'm not nearly as old as he is. No. Yeah, well, it was a fun one. I'm glad it's back. I'm glad we covered it on the show. And I know, like Evil Dead, the Deadites. It's like, it's not your traditional zombie. Oh, don't even go there. We don't even need to have this argument again. No, I know. I know. I'm just saying, just throw it out there. And I know you're right. We're not going to have that argument again. Um, and I mean, I know we've talked, we, we covered a lot of movies on, on this show and we are going to be kind of, you're going to notice a trend. We are focusing on things that came out this year. This doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, we're talking about everything we talked about. Cause a lot of the stuff we talked about came out previously, but the second film that came out this year that we talked about was resident evil death Island. Uh, which was the straight-to-DVD CG animated Resident Evil film. Uh, and this was like their Avengers take, where they have all the main characters in one film, sometimes appearing together for the first time. What yeah. was your take on that one? Like, uh, did you enjoy it? I enjoyed it. Uh, I was super bummed because when we <laughs> when we covered it for the show, I had to buy it. <laughs> so I paid like full price for it. I paid like 20 bucks for it. And then we covered it, and a month later, it showed up on Netflix. And I was like, oh, you mother efforts. <laughs> we could have waited, I guess. I didn't realize that was going to be the case. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it like, the film was, look, it's it's by no means like a, oh, my God, great film. But a movie that takes your favorite characters across the franchise, puts them together, comes up with some, like, stupid reason for why they're all there. And you just have all these characters interacting. Like, again, it's the best of those straight-to-DVD CG films, but by no means is it, like... Oh, well, yeah, like, <laughs> it's like those straight-to-DVD straight CG films, uh, like, it's like every other one is kind of good. And so far, I think the first one that came out and this one are the two I like the most. I think there's one in the middle that is kind of good. But there's two that I don't like. There's two that are so complicated that like I literally can't even tell you what the plot was. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, but we watched it, it came out this year and I think it had some great moments uh, between if characters. You, if we know if you like Resident Evil. It's worth a watch, especially considering that those films are all supposed to be considered canon to the games. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the only reason I even watch those is that they're canon to the games. And sometimes the games will make reference to things from those movies. And they're usually really vague so that if you don't know that you 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 can move on. But sometimes they're not as vague and you go, oh, OK, I get what they're talking about now. Yeah. Yeah. I um I remember really enjoying it. It was a fun ride. Again, not a great super great film, but it was it was a fun ride and it's great to see all those characters together and uh yeah, I don't even know do I have the clips handy? Like I should I should have looked while we were while we were sort of talking, but let's see. I I know there's one uh that, like it's got great 
it's got great lines. It's got some great lines. Um, what's this? Oh, yeah. Well, it's living. You know, I actually all of uh, uh, Leon's lines were amazing. So there you go. And then it has awkward stuff like this. Hey, Jill, Chris. Hi, Claire. So there you go. Like they're just meeting in the coffee room. So it's got a lot of fun stuff like that. Uh, but, uh, well, that's the movies again. Like we cover a lot of movies on the show, but there's not many that come out throughout the year. We try to, you know, we try, we try. Uh, there's also a lot of, a lot of movies that come out and, you know, they're just not, they just don't like hit our radar as much as others do. So yeah, we try, uh, looking at TV though, obviously you've got your big ones, uh, from the walking dead family of shows you have. We got the wrap up of Fear. We've got uh, the first seasons for the spinoffs, yeah. uh, Daryl Dixon, yep. Dead City. So, and honestly, and honestly, uh, as much as I've enjoyed the tr- the train ride that was that was Fear, I'm glad to see it over. I don't want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> um, but both Daryl Dixon and Dead City left me optimistic. I would like to see where those go, especially once we know what's going to happen with those. Uh, the, with the with the, the the Rick show, yeah, yeah, I would um I would like to see if there if, if there's one thing I've learned from this year from The Walking Dead is I would like to see some forward momentum towards concluding stories. So you know, wrap up some character stories. Uh, I I think that's what we're going to do. I think we're going to see the end of Rick's storyline. Yeah, of course. With, yep. this, with this next series, um. I think that the end of Rick's show is going to tie right into the season two of Daryl Dixon. And I also think it is going to tie into the end of dead city. Yeah, I think everything is, I think the way they've spaced those shows out, I think season two of Daryl Dixon season two of dead city and the Rick uh, TV show, which I'm never going to call it what it's supposed to be. It's always going to be the ones who live the ones who live. I'm never going to call it that. It's going to be the Rick show. I do not care. Um, <laughs> the Rick and Michonne show. It's the Rick and Michonne show. It's the Rick show. I don't care. It, it was um, supposed to be the Rick movies. I get that. So, uh, but, yeah. but but I think that 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 all of that is going to take place all at the same time. And I think that's what this show needs. This the timeline is so all over the place that I think a lot of people are like confused as to what's going on and who's where and what's going on. And I think that by tying it all back together at a similar t- timeline and similar point, I think they're going to pull more interest in. Yeah, I hope so. And I, I mean, and yeah. I mean, I think I think at some point we will see Rick on the Negan sh- at Dead City. Well, I don't know about that. I th- I think Rick is like I think Andrew Lincoln coming back. I would I would I don't think they're going to I hesitate to say they're going to kill him off. I don't think they're going to do that again. I don't think they're going to kill him off, but I think we see in a season, the end of season two or the beginning of a se- uh, part of a season three, at some point, if Negan gets out of New York city, they're going to have an Andrew Lincoln cameo. They have to. Maybe. Um, it's weird. Like I, I really feel like the fact that Daryl Dixon is still in France kind of removes the possibility for Rick to be like the, you know, the Nick Fury of the walking dead. Oh, when no, he's showing up, I, I, I don't think I'm not saying we're going to get, I don't think we're going to get uh, Rick in Daryl Dixon. I yeah. don't think we're going to get that at all. Uh, unless they hint at that with Carol in season two. They've kind of, they've kind of painted themselves into a corner in the sense that you have the ones who live coming out in February and you have Daryl Dixon season two, which will wrap up or at least address the fact that Daryl is still in Paris uh, coming out next summer. So like it doesn't line up in the sense like if Daryl Dixon showed up in the ones who live, uh, it would have to like the timelines have to match up. Right. So like I'm not saying we might even get a season two of, of the ones who live. I know they've said it's a special series, but like they kind of labeled daryl dixon and dead city in production as a special series as well so and of course we now know both of those ended with cliffhangers and (laughs) season two is coming uh very soon i don't think we're gonna see a season two of those those who live 
I don't <laughs> think they're going to get it. Maybe. Um, and, and I, uh, because I think that this is existing only so that they can move on to the other shows. Um, I, I think that this is a, I think that this is a, they need, I think that they got overly ambitious. The movies were not going to be what they hoped they were. Uh, the pandemic hit, everything went crazy. Every, they had all kinds of production problems and they know they have to wrap up Rick's storyline. And if they do not wrap up Rick's storyline, none of the other shows will make any money. If they leave Rick as a as a as a unfinished plot point and with Michonne leaving, if they leave all of that, nobody is gonna watch their new shows. Nobody. Yeah. Like like even if they did it, people are gonna go like, I don't care about Daryl Dixon. They promised me a Rick show, a Rick movie, and they didn't give it to me. Why should I care about Daryl if they're never going to address Rick going away and Michonne going away? I need closure. Yeah. And if they don't give you closure, those shows don't make money. Yeah. You don't that's, get subscriptions. So you don't get subscriptions. And that's I, and I think that that's what we're going to get. Right. So you feel like these shows that we watched were kind of held back by the fact that Rick and, and Michonne are still out there finding yep. each other. Yeah. Um. I agree with that. I think it, it was felt, especially in Fear I and Daryl Dixon. I, I think the only reason people watch these shows is because they know there's going to be a Rick show. Yeah. If they said, the, oh, we scrapped the Rick thing, we're never going to address it, everybody would just stop watching. Yeah. Nobody would care. Yeah, but do you think, like, I, I guess it really depends on how they wrap up the Rick show of, of how that carrot on the stick continues, you know? Um, I I think that the Rick show only ends one way. Yeah. And that's with him going back to Alexandria. Yeah. And seeing his daughter and his son. If they do not wrap up the show that way, forget it. Nobody's going to continue to watch the show. They're not going to care. Yeah. I know um, I'm really excited for the ones who live, just as you said, to have that storyline wrap up. I think they're more likely to kill Michonne off than they are Rick. She is far busier than uh, than Andrew Lincoln. You know, uh, Denia Guerrera, who is uh, all in on the MCU now with, uh, uh, you know, Black Panther and whatnot. So, uh, yeah, no, I that's a that's a solid point. I mean, I, it would be super sad to see. I would I would rather them have those characters, you know, exist off screen uh, than than die. As as a viewer, you need to know that their characters are out there and that there's a possibility of a cameo somewhere or yeah. a reference to them being alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? You They have to. Otherwise, your other shows don't mean anything. Well, I also think with these spinoffs that feature characters from the, from the original franchise, uh, by bringing Rick back, you have to have those characters address that like because they mean it means a lot for Rick to come back and for Michonne to come back. Like, so especially Daryl Dixon, um, maybe dead city less, like maybe, you know, Maggie and Negan have obviously moved on. Um, but we'll see. Uh, so, you know, bringing it back to 2023, let's look at the other big, uh, franchise that hit the, the silver screen here, or the silver screen, the small screen. I don't know. Yeah. The, the small screen, uh, the silver screens, the theater, uh, the last of us from HBO. That's funny to think premiered in January of last year. So it was like the furthest away that we could discuss within this year. But I have to say, like, it was my favorite television show of 2023. It was a, it was, and, and solely because they were adapting a story that's beloved by zombie fans and video game fans. And they made it better somehow. Uh, I've said this multiple times, like there's a great companion podcast to the last of us HBO. And I know oh, you're listening to a podcast and they're suggesting a podcast, but seriously, like go listen to the last of us HBO podcast. It has great behind the scenes stuff. And some of the most interesting stuff is Craig Mazin talking to Neil Druckmann and then talking about how we did this thing and we wanted to, we wanted to do it this way. And then Neil Druckmann who made the game, you know, over 10 years ago is like, man, that is so good. I can't, I wish I had thought of that like 10 years ago. So like, obviously they have hindsight and and whatnot. They can kind of like adjust a decade later and make changes that work for future seasons to line up with part two. 
So like, I think they did a really good job and you know, you have, uh, you know, um, uh, Pedro Pascal as Joel, who was fantastic. Uh, all the actors really like they all nailed it. I, I, I really don't have a bad thing to say. I mean, we've talked, I, we, we've talked about it on length, but my take was I, I enjoyed my time with the game, but it's so dour. I couldn't, I've never been able to bring myself. I played through it once, and I think I started a second playthrough on my PlayStation 3 before, you know, that started collecting dust. But yeah, it, it, it's so dour. As much as I enjoyed the game, I didn't want to experience that story again because it's so sad. And I felt like once was enough. But watching the show, I was hooked. I didn't mind conti- going down the road that that story was going to tell me, mostly yeah. because. A, it was different enough that it kept my interest. And B, they did things in such a unique way. And I didn't have to go through playing it. It wasn't a 25-hour experience. It was a six-hour experience or eight-hour experience. And I was done. And I feel like that's a... For me to re-experience that sort of story, it is a much more easier digestion when it's that small going through it and going through a full game again to get that story. Just it's not worth it for me. So I feel like they did such a good job. I'm probably never going to play through that first game again, personally. Yeah. If I want to experience that story, I'm just going to watch the show again. Yeah. I mean, the story tells, tells that story better. Um, I, as I already said, this episode, I'm, I'm replaying part one for, um, for a game club, but, uh, I'm, uh, I'm only doing it because they made a remake on the PS5. Like they changed it enough that it's worth revisiting, but I I don't think I could play through like the same version I already played. Like there's got to be something new. Uh, But um, well, speaking of video games, and I think this is our category. Like I think if we look at zombies as a genre, movies, older movies, I think is our cup of tea uh, specifically lose. And he brings, brings some movies for me to watch. But video games is where it's at for for us, I feel like. So this is a big category for us. Um, I did want to mention right off the top that Dead Island 2 did come out this year, finally. Uh, neither of us played it. <laughs> um, I think there were multiple factors. Lou didn't have, does not have a platform that would support it. Um, it's Ep- Epic Game Store exclusive. And I never picked it up because it always held like this immense price tag. It was like almost a hundred dollars here in Canada. And I'm like, I, I can't. Yeah. It, it was one of the first games to do that price increase for the, uh, for, for a game. And my understanding is cause I've kind of kept an eye on it is it's never really had more than 20% off. Yeah. It's still uh, like the cheapest I've ever seen it. Even here in the United States is like 50 bucks. And it's, I like the first game and I've tried to go back and replay it a couple times and it's fine, but I don't enjoy it as much as I did a decade ago, you know? Yeah. I have seen, um, if people are interested, if you go to the Epic game store, you can get it for fairly inexpensive. Like it's still, still up there, but, um, you can get a good discount on it with the holiday sale. But, uh, we didn't play it. It did come out this year. Um, as far as I know, it was received well and has done. I think it's broke even for the company. Like it's it's done well enough that they've they've. Uh, well, it was a success. So that that is good. I think that's great. Um, but a game we did play several times this year and enjoyed was the Resident Evil Four remake alongside the Separate Ways DLC, which launched in September. Um. I will say this is my favorite uh, game, zombie game I I played this year. Like I really enjoyed it. It's in it, Resident Evil Four is in my top five of the year that I played, and um, it, it was so good that when I finished it, I didn't finish my second playthrough, but I got two thirds of the way through a second playthrough. Um, and I probably next time I'm in the mood for shooting zombies, it's going to be the first thing I read that I, I pull out and start playing again. Um, yeah. It, and then we played the, we played the uh, separate ways DLC and that was just as much fun. It made me want to go back and play the game again. 
But again, I have a pile of shame that's so high that I was like, yeah, I can go back and play Resident Evil 4 again. But, you know, I got like 25 other games that are looking for me to play. So, yeah, the holidays also is tough because, like, I got games for Christmas. I got games that I, I wanted on sale. Like, it's a it's like I have a list that's long enough that I'm like, uh, I would love to go back and play Resident Evil 4. But I, I think that uh, it was a, it was a great like obviously Capcom has been nailing it with these remakes. I am glad they're going to continue. Uh, this one's no different. I think it's the best one they've done thus far. I think the separate ways DLC has been a really interesting look at like taking the original concept of the DLC and then like also modernizing it. Yeah, doing something interesting with it. Yeah, they did a really, just a really great job with it. So it should surprise no one that it was one of our favorite experiences on ZAMP uh, this year. Um, Another one that came out uh, fairly early in the year was the Dead Space remake. You played that one, but I did not. Yeah, I and funny enough, I played it um, recently because it just came to Game Pass, uh, I think in October. So I played a, a chunk of it. That is a solid remake. Like we talk about remakes. Um, that one is a from the ground up remake. And they've uh, and they've also done a lot of work because you'll remember in the original Isaac never talks. So they've added a complete sort of voiceover for him, written dialogue, implemented it within like the other dialogue. It's it's a complete redo. Um, you don't even see his face in the first one. Like they actually fully yeah. model it all in this remake. So it is solid and it's on game pass. If you guys want to check it out, um, a long time listeners will remember we, we, we lumped dead space in. I remember dead space three. Yeah. We were like really enamored with the trailer. Yeah. Well, it. I did spe- I think dead space three came out around the early time of us starting this show. And we were chomping at the bit for something video game related. And it was the closest we were going to have for a while. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's to... close. It's close enough to the zombie content. I think it works. Oh yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's reanimated, you know, dead people. So it, you know, it's a what did it turned out to be like. I think in the first one, it's like some sort of like obelisk that infects yeah. Yeah. people's brains. But then later on, it turns out to be like evil moons. I don't know if you played far enough to get that get that far. Um, but picture the moon from Majora's Mask, essentially that uh, yeah I, I i beat i beat all three of the original oh, cool. the second one and the third one um the third one's hard though because when you have to start fighting regular dudes that aren't 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 uh monsters that's where the third game loses me uh i don't remember that but you don't remember having to fight like mercenary dudes down on the planet of the moon that are trying to get to the obelisk thing before you Maybe, but uh, honestly, like the fact that I don't remember is likely just I blocked it out because I I do love that franchise, but that would that would be annoying. Yeah, no, Um, you don't do any of that until like there's a spot in the beginning where you do it. And then there's a spot early on that you do it again. And then you don't do it again for like hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. And then finally, Isaac and the other guy finally get to the moon they're trying to get to. And they get there and like for like two solid hours, you're fighting regular guys. And then occasionally they throw a monster at you. You're like, and, and, and it tries to become like a cover shooter at that point. It's really bad. Yeah. It came out in 2013. So like, you know, shortly after we, we kickstarted the show, I'm trying to remember who the co-op character is. Um, generic man, generic man generic man uh is it john carver is that the other guy i think that's the guy's name he's the most unrememberable character in that entire series yeah carver carver and yeah, i don't know it's um it went off the rails i think there's dlc for the third one where it's just like yeah they're the the moons are the bad guys and the moons are coming they're coming for earth no, the moons are a gateway for whatever is on the other side of the obelisk. And that's sure. what Isaac is trying to stop is they're trying to stop the gateway from being opened up or something. Of course that makes that you, you explained it all. It's all wrapped it, up. It, it basically becomes doom at that point. 
yeah, essentially, like you're kind of painting yourself into a corner, and and Doom is that corner. Uh, as soon as you look at obelisks and making people crazy, so and they turn it into monsters. Um, well, you know, one last game here that we talked about, which, which was a surprise for both of us, was uh, You Will Die Here Tonight. Uh, again, not a threat, a video game. It's a video game uh, available on Steam. We both talked about this, I think, the year before that we were we that it was coming. And I think we talked about it, the, uh, but neither one of us knew how far along or how soon we'd get it. And so when we got this actually play it, it was like, oh, wow, this is a real thing. It's a real product. And I enjoyed my time with it. I've, there's been a couple of points now over the holiday season where I've had downtime to play something and not in, in a bite sized portion, not in something I could sit down and play for 12 hours, but I might have like two or three hours. And I've been like, you know, that might be fun to play in two hour chunks while I'm sitting here on the couch holiday season doing something that might I, 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 I've come real close to replaying that. Yeah, it was a fun surprise and and is a sort of throwback to the old school Resident Evil uh, feel with a more modern, obviously a modern uh, um, platforms. Uh, we're playing it on. We played it on the Steam Deck, but uh, it's it's a really cool throwback with a really interesting story. It's a shorter experience, but, you know, it's a lot of fun. It's so good that I have a friend who streams on a regular basis, and he had just finished streaming playing uh, Resident Evil Zero around the time that we finished playing that. And I told him, he was talking about, I might go play Resident Evil 1 again. And I was like, no, you should buy, you should die here tonight. Play that, skip Resident Evil 1. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and it is on sale for the holiday sale. It's uh, 30% off, so it's a great time to pick it up. Um, I I really enjoyed it. It was it was certainly a surprise, so uh, check that one out. A lot of fun. And that is going to do it for our 2023 zombie year in review. Um, we'll, well, you know, as a companion piece, our next episode will be our 2024 uh, zombie preview. Um, if you have some favorites you're looking forward to in 2024, please let us know. Cause like, you know, we got the walking deads covered. We've got some video games covered, but like there are some, you know, gems out there. We can't find it all. I mean, there's so much stuff out there. We try to cover the big stuff, but if there's something small or indie that you've seen that we've missed, that's coming next year, let us know where we'll, we'll even mention you on the show that you sent it to us. Exactly. So let us know coming up on Zamp 2024 you're uh, in preview. So reach out. Uh, you can do so via discord bit.ly slash Zamp discord. Hit us up there. I'll definitely be keeping an eye out for uh, your favorites that you're looking forward to in 2024. Um, you can also uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash zombies ate my podcast. Uh, head over there and support the show directly. You can visit us on the web at zombiesatemypodcast.com for show notes and all our previous episodes. Send us an email and we may read it on the show, info at zombiesatemypodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter. You can find me at rmurphy, Lou at busyzombielord, and don't forget to follow uh, the show at Zombies Podcast. Finally, a quick shout out to Joel Duggan for the podcast artwork. Find more of his great work at joelduggan.com. This has been Zombies Ate My Podcast, and as always, we close out the show with some fine zombie knowledge from the busy zombie lord himself. Take it away, Lou. I think 2024 is going to be a big year for zombies. Year of the zombie.